In the great bowels of the internet, there are assembled the world's two most prodigious podcasters created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Joe, a chubby Italian nebbish with a slamming tan, and Gomez, a Puerto Rican, when convenient, who doesn't speak a lick of Spanish. Their mission combine their love of all things pop culture to present the most important podcast on the planet. When their powers are assembled, they form the mighty Car Joe-Man. Everyone and welcome to episode 271 of the Carl Jomez podcast. I'm Mez and my co-host as always. I am Joe Shoes of the Carl Jomez podcast. Yes you are. What's up buddy? How you doing? Gomez, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, gobble gobble. That's Thanksgiving. A, that's what they say. They say gobble gobble. That's what they all say. <laughs> that's it. Mm, it's Thanksgiving. Hope you guys are having a nice time maybe you're listening to us as you drive to your wonderful family experience that you'll be having actually gomez i don't think they're doing that what i think, what do you think they're doing i what i think they're doing is they're sitting around the table passing the the turkey and the gravy and the stuffing back and forth and every time one of our passengers of the car gomez podcast Passes a plate. They also take the person next to them's phone and they make sure they're subscribed to this very uh, podcast. Oh, uh, uh, what ample opportunities you will have to snatch your aunties and Theo's little iPhones and just boop. Would you, did you say Theo? Like, like yeah. the son from the Cosby <laughs> show? <laughs> you know, that's how you say uh, in Spanish. You get Theo and you. Oh, <laughs> your DT. I thought you That's, like uh, Theo Huxtable, and I was like, "Well, all I right, mean, then. if he's there, please have him subscribe. Yes, if, if you know Theo Huxtable, <laughs> please get him to listen to our stuff. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody! I hope you are having a wonderful holiday. I know that Gomez and I both are. And I would like to just say a quick thank you. What am I thankful for on Thanksgiving? My polka dots. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. We're very thankful for everyone who tunes into our show every week. Thank you so much. Uh, it was COVID last year, so this might be like a first Thanksgiving in a while for some people, right? Yeah, I would say so. I, it definitely, uh, for me, I definitely wasn't having a family get-together at this time last year. I believe we had a small one. We didn't do like the craziness that we usually do. This year, we're back to our, uh, I think there's 24 people going to be here for Thanksgiving. Oh, geez. Um, I'm actually, uh, obviously, we're not recording this on Thanksgiving, but I will uh, actually be going to see my parents this year, which will be nice because I do not get to see them very much. And even for holidays becomes very few and far between as a, Working and schedules and everything else gets involved in the mix. So this will be a nice little nice little holiday to have. Yes, I don't mind Thanksgiving. I always have fun. I'm a big fan of eating. So Thanksgiving is a, a fun holiday for me. 
And, uh, you know, you just hang out with the cousins to get high in the corner. It's all good. I would it's say that time. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, actually. I don't blame you. Because nothing Food is expected is of me. I just, I get to go and be fat and lazy. And those are two of my favorite things to do. And nobody's like, oh, you got to be in the spirit. The spirit is to show up and have dinner. Like, to pass out on the couch. <laughs> that's like the best spirit ever. <laughs> But Gomez, since this does air on Thanksgiving, later tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, you can catch me on FWF Live Part 2 from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. Very awesome, bro. What are you doing on that show? Big time streaming event. Find out all the information. Order the show. Order your merchandise bundles over on majorwfpod.com where you can see in action me, the superstar, the captain, where I will be managing my number one very good friend, the most professional wrestler, Brian Myers. Against the villainous Mitch from Hastel Toys, who will be managing the Native American Tatanka. Holy shit. Tatanka on Thanksgiving. Wow. Perfect. Absolutely unbelievable. I mean, we give the people what they want. (laughs) My God. Wow. That's great. I'll definitely be checking that out later tonight. Yeah, I'm very excited. Very cool event to be a part of. Uh, uh, obviously it's been filmed already is a lot of fun. Uh, the first FWF was a blast and the show came off great. And I think this one will be just as good, if not better. Perfect. Awesome. I just want to say a quick thank you. Like I, like Gomez said, a quick thank you to everybody who's been listening, who's been subscribing our numbers again, going up every week. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Please remember to get those five-star reviews in wherever it is that you download this show because that just helps the algorithm and it's a nice free way to support the show we haven't really begged you guys for money yet so if you want to help support us just leave a nice quick easy five-star review yes we appreciate it thank you so much now enough being nice too nice yeah. now we get out of the dinner uh spirit <laughs> it's a dinner spirit <laughs> Uh, when you have Thanksgiving, what time are you eating dinner? Because some people be trying to eat dinner like at 3 o'clock. Are you one of those? Uh, we we were those... a 2 o'clock family for a very oh long time. Oh, my God. Why are you going to eat so early? Because, so here here's the deal. Whenever um, we get like the entire family together, so it would be like the aunts, the uncles, the cousins, it would always be, you know, I, I believe the Lions game always starts at noon. Yes. So you would come, you'd kind of chill, hang out. Around 2 o'clock is when people would start showing up. Appetizers and shit would already be on the table. My mom is very over the top with holidays, but now it's what I expect when you have a holiday. Damn right. So there would be like a little thing of uh, pepperoni and cheeses on the table. There would be, you know, some bread. There would be some... Some antipasts, you know, mm. you know, a bunch of stuff. Then we, the first course would be like a pasta. Maybe we're having monoguts or stuffed shells. Maybe lasagna. Maybe baked ziti. Um, one of the other things that became a tradition as I got a little bit older was White Castles as appetizers. 
because Hell yeah. because I was being cranky one day and I just wanted White Castle, so I went and bought a Crave case, put it on the table, and put little toothpicks in each one. It was and very nice of you. You could have just bought for yourself. I could have, but I bought a Crave case because I'm a gentleman. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I, let me tell you, my mom was so fucking pissed when I brought these White Castles home. <laughs> And I mean, like, livid. Like, how fucking dare you, bro? It's fucking Thanksgiving, and you're going to fucking ruin it. And, and these these White Castle sliders went over like gangbusters. <laughs> they hit it apart. Everybody was like, oh, shit, you guys got White Castles? Like, fuck yeah. Of course. Like, <laughs> Uncle Joey digging in, grabbing, like, two. Uncle Gary coming through, trying to make sure no one sees him as he's trying to slide it because he really shouldn't be eating that. But how can you say no? Over, like, and then my mom, my well, mom got to take all the credit for it. Once <laughs> <laughs> she sees that it's getting over, she's like, you know, I just, I, I like to think outside the box on the holidays. <laughs> and I'm like, you, you know. <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> but then that White Castles became like a tradition uh, on Thanksgiving. That's right. You can't, if you, the next year, people will be complaining. Where's the White Castle? And, and that's exactly what happened where people would be like, yo, I can't wait to go over to the house for uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving because we'll get a couple White Castles before we have to start eating. <laughs> have you ever tried the, the White Castle stuffing? I've seen recipes of this where you add... White castles to your stuffing, like because it has the bread and so, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, no. I've I've seen it. I've never tried it, but mm. I mm. will say, one year we had some leftover White Castles from Thanksgiving, and the next morning my father was up early, and decided to make breakfast for the family. He got it in his head that would what would be a good idea would be to make pancakes for the family. And because he couldn't find, like, any chocolate chips or something sweet to put in the mix, he started dicing up the leftover White Castles. <laughs> and he put pieces. This is, I swear, to, I swear on John Cena, this is a true story. It's a great story. He starts dicing up the White Castle burgers and putting little pieces of sliders in the pancakes. Amazing. And that's how my father served breakfast to us one Black Friday. <laughs> I love it. Could just put some eggs. That's brilliant. I like that. Chop up some White Castle, make like an omelet or something. My man said, no, we have pancakes today. But, you, love but the thing is, he did make eggs. He didn't put them in the eggs. <laughs> Even better. You know, like you can have potatoes and eggs. Who hasn't yes. had potatoes and eggs or something? Or, you know, you yes, cut up some perfect. sausages. Just, yes, nope. my exactly. man. My man said, there's one place for these things to go, and it's in the pancakes. Pancakes. <laughs> Oh, God bless them. Real men of genius right there. <laughs> I haven't even thought about that in probably like since it happened, but I swear that's a true story. Well, I'm glad you shared it with us today because it's a good one. <laughs> oh, okay. Now no more Thanksgiving. <laughs> Speaking of eating, though, Gomez. Oh, I Your like double this. main man has a new video up on YouTube. As In fact, as you're listening to this, I have two videos Brand new videos up on YouTube.com slash Joe Shoes. The first is Two I went to IHOP and tried yeah. their new seasonal pancakes, the Winter Wonderland Pancakes. Yes, I saw that one. I didn't know you had two. Oh, man. Okay. Well, by the time this episode comes out, there will be a second one. 
Oh, hey, that's all. <laughs> and that's another Coffee Creamer review. This time it's going to be the Buddy the Elf Peppermint Mocha Coffee Ooh. Creamer. I got the Buddy the Elf cookie one for Kellyanne, and she loves it. It's so phenomenal. Good, I think I gave that one a quadruple main man. Whoa, shit, yeah. Nice. Can't wait to see what this one is because we do... I don't. We don't really do it in the coffee, but we do love peppermint hot chocolate when it's Christmas time. That's our thing. So, mm, peppermint mocha. All right, we'll have to check that out. Check yeah, so that review out. By the that'll be up. Uh, but actually, before that, this episode comes out, but that video will already be up on YouTube. Awesome! Look at you giving the people what they want, Joe. Oh, and we've got some other good stuff scheduled for YouTube, so just make sure you hit that subscribe button and click the little bell because that'll enable the alerts and you'll be notified whenever I put up a new video. So I forgot to promote my Twitch stream last week, so... Yeah, you did. Because I just... I don't know why. I thought Thanksgiving was next week. I have no idea why. But next week is December already. My goodness. Yo, I'll tell you what. I'm a... So right now I've been, uh, it's called shadowing uh, a new job. So I've been like sitting in with these people who do the job already and trying to get a feel for it to see if it's something I'm going to be interested in, whatever. And uh, last week I I said to the guy as I was getting ready to leave, I go, "Um, so I said, okay, cool. I'll see you next week. He goes, next week. I go, yeah, next week. And he's like, man, next week is Thanksgiving. I ain't going to be here. (laughs) <laughs> and I was and I, I like it stopped me in my tracks and I was like wait Shook a minute your world like, said, what I was like really oh, so yeah man. I uh you're not alone in that one we're all fucked up but uh I, I'm doing the stream because it's it's what I do I'm gonna be watching these movies so I'm just gonna pop them on there but so if you're hearing this my twitch stream is mez movie I'll definitely be doing something for December Please uh, add me to your list there. So what is it? Twitch.tv slash MezMovie? Singular? That's correct. Singular. One word. MezMovie. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. I'll do a better job promoting. I'm terrible at it. Well, by the time this comes out, it will have already happened. But what do you have? What did you have on the docket for uh, your Thanksgiving Eve? We're going to watch two Thanksgiving horror movies. Yes, those exist too, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I remember years ago you showed me one called um, Thanks Killing. That's right. That's that's one of the goats. An evil killer turkey. <laughs> it's something I, else. Bro. I remember <laughs> liking that, that one. Uh, it's silly. It's silly. Um, so this year we're going to watch Pilgrim. I did watch Pilgrim. It's one of these Hulu. Hulu does a, a movie every month. It's called Into the Dark or something like that. And every month they do a horror movie that's specific to a holiday that the month is known for. So there's a Valentine's Day one in February, a St. Patrick's in March, shit like that. Yeah, President's Day. They do things like that, yes. Like a guy will wear a fucking president mask. If it's uh, back to school, there's like a school-related, all bunch of stuff. So for Thanksgiving, I think last year, two years ago, they did a movie called Pilgrim. This movie is batshit crazy. It's about a group of Thanksgiving reenactment people. They come in there into this house to reenact Thanksgiving dinner. And they just kind of won't leave and break character. And things go off the rail. It's pretty crazy. And then I followed it up with uh, Blood Freak, 
which may have a evil giant turkey killing people. But I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's even more reason to be following you on Twitter and Instagram at the Gomez one five four. That way, in case you do forget to mention it, people can still know about it. Yes. Thank you. Perfect. I play video games sometimes, but I don't play crazy. I just like, oh, let me try this game. The kids love to Twitch, so I'm trying it out. This old man Gomez here. Like, oh, what the kids like this? <laughs> Let's see this thing. Yeah, that's something I would like to get uh, more involved in myself, whether it be with uh, talk show type stuff or having guests on just to shoot the shit, you know, people who do cool shit, or, uh, or playing video games. I got all, all these uh, old ass games now that I just, I'm not technologically savvy to that extent where I can figure out how to connect everything. So... <laughs> That's the, uh, Xbox, the issue there. The Xbox makes it easy. You As long as you have Twitch, the Twitch app, it syncs up. So, like, I just have to say, hey, I want to play this game, and it puts it on. It's pretty awesome. So, yeah, I, I can do that through my Xbox, but I cannot find a way to be on screen at the same time while I do it. What they say is if you have an old Connect. Remember Xbox Connect? Well, I have a webcam that I actually went and bought with a, you know, that is plugged into my Xbox and, and it didn't work. The cam worked, but then I couldn't get the voice to work. So it was Ugh. like one of the, it was a whole thing. And I gave up on it pretty quickly because I get frustrated very easily. <laughs> well, we'll work it out together. Maybe we'll be Twitch boys streaming, playing games together. Now that things are cross platform too. I know PlayStation games and it's a lot of fun. Now I do love that. No matter what you have, you can play with your friends now. That's great. I always love playing with my friends. That's why they're my friends. <laughs> Gomez, I got a little I got a little news for you. Nothing crazy like last week. But oh, just okay. a, a couple quick items to touch on. Sure. Um, I know you are normally not a trailer guy outside of the the usually the premiere teaser that comes out for a big upcoming movie, but I know you don't run to watch trailers. But did you watch the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer that released? Yes, I did actually, cause it's a it was a big event, bro. It really it was. was. <laughs> they rented a theater. They had I fucking mean, they, this Tom trailer, Has any trailer been <laughs> as analyzed as this as this one? Because I felt like that people were going over this like it was the fucking Z- Zapruder film, trying to figure out if there was a second shooter or a second web slinger. You know, oh, the, the amount of theories and conspiracies that people were coming up with the amount of YouTube videos that exist of people analyzing this trailer is absolutely insane. And I love every second of it. I'm here for every second of it. I'm, you know, know what? I am too. Cause I watched a lot of those videos. They were coming it's up so and I suggested on, on YouTube. And I was like, well, if it's suggested, that means it must be for me. So good. Of course I watched it because with this movie, like, uh, I wanted to see, they promised surprises. I guess, I don't know if that meant surprises at the theater or in the trailer. So the theater would be Tom Holland showed up. The trailer, I guess they did show that we get all these villains, not just Doc Ock. I guess that could be a surprise. Well, Doc Ock's not a surprise. I mean, I think... Yeah, but then they showed everyone else. Well, I think the Doc Ock thing, maybe they were trying to keep him a surprise at one point, but didn't he, like, ruin it? Supposedly, yes, that he said he was in the movie without realizing. He he ruined his NDA without even knowing it. So I guess they were just like, (laughs) all right, fucking put him in. 
because I'm very, I was very curious how they're gonna market this movie. That's why I watched the trailer because I wanted to see are they gonna show the other two Spider Men that we all think are in the movie. You know, there's been leaked shots and stuff like that. So maybe these are real photos. Maybe they're photoshopped. We don't know. But everyone wants there to be Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. I want it too. So I'm like, are they going to show it or keep it a secret? I, for one, love that they're not showing it. Let us pop for that shit in the theater. I it's agree. It's going to be great. I agree. Um, but the one thing that I, it seems like a lot of people seem to believe is there is this shot in the trailer where Mary Jane, as played by Zendaya, is falling in the classic Gwen Stacy to her death type thing, and you see that arm reach for her, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's Tom Holland Spider-Man. Many people are theorizing that it is the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man who is making up for not being able to save Gwen Stacy in his timeline. That makes sense. That was always the big thing in the comics. Spider-Man killing Gwen Stacy while saving her. Her back cracks. They did that in The Amazing Spider-Man. It was great. Yes. Uh, so, yes, playing off of that, I would love if it's Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. The other big video going around is the Brazilian trailer where Marvel is known for adding things or deleting things from trailers. In the Infinity War trailer, Hulk is running... With the crowd. Meanwhile, Hulk is not in the movie. He's in the beginning, and it's it's uh, Bruce Banner the entire time. Yes. So with this, people are pointing out that one of the final shots of the trailer is, uh, I guess, the Green Goblin, Sandman, and the Lizard all jumping at the same time. And we only see one Spider-Man. So the angles are kind of off. And, and they, then also, people are saying it looks like it's been spliced to eliminate the other Spider-Men going at them. That's right. And in the Brazilian trailer, the lizard gets punched by something invisible. His face Yes, turn, I did turns. see that. And so this is like, this is it. These people are in this movie. And it's just fun. I would love if they're not in this movie because I want to know what happens when the Marvel fans turn on Marvel like Star Wars yeah. and maybe another movie we'll talk about later. I want to see what happens to this, but it's not. I, I think these people are in this movie. Okay. I, is it safe to say that this is probably the most anticipated movie for the two of us this year? Of course. it's A, a Spider-Man movie is always going to be towards the top of my most anticipated list. I agree especially, with that, but I, I just feel like, especially with the goodwill they've built up with the past two Spider-Man films and the way they've used him in the Avengers saga, like, I am all in on this Spider-Man. Yes. Also, think of the the Marvel movies that we had this year. It was Black Widow, Shang-Chi that we knew nothing about, Eternals that we knew nothing about. Correct, so Spider-Man yeah. was always like, yes, oh, at least we end the year with a Spider-Man in case we don't like these other movies, which we liked some, didn't like others, you know. All right, so Spider-Man cannot wait. Obviously, we'll be talking about that once it comes out. Next you know item it. of news, Gomez. No, Ooh, what's next? No Time to Die, the James Bond movie, yeah. became the highest grossing movie of the year. Highest grossing Hollywood movie, I should say. Which is crazy to think about. It's up to, when I checked, it was up to $733 million, which surpassed the 721 from uh, Fast 9. 
Wow, that's crazy. I mean, people do love James Bond. That's why they do make these movies. I, I, you know, and I just, I, it's I always know, been okay. Yeah, know, I've like, seen some, and like I, I've said before, I've, I've never seen a James Bond movie, and I, I do always see like people get excited about it, but I never feel like it's an overwhelming excitement. You know, it doesn't have the same panache. As like, you know, when we got to Endgame or any of like the big Marvel releases or Star Wars where it felt like that's what like literally everybody did that weekend. Yes. And this one especially, I didn't really like I knew it was out. I knew, you know, I'd seen some chatter about it, but I didn't feel like that was uh, overwhelming at all. The biggest chatter was that this is this guy's last James Bond movie. Like that's most of. Of what people are talking about. This is the end of him. His contract's up. Supposedly he didn't even want to do this movie. They had to force him. Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it's all about who's the next James Bond, you know. Uh, it could be The it, Rock. He's uh, politicking for it, apparently. I saw he, something that Tom Holland said he would love to play James Bond. <laughs> That's hmm. an interesting one. Hmm. You want to get the young kids into it? Maybe that'll work. I Maybe. And with Tom Holland now, because my introduction to him is Spider-Man, it feels so weird whenever I hear him talk in his normal voice and he has the British accent. I've actually seen some of his other movies, and it's just like, nah, bro, you Spider-Man. Why, yeah, why exactly. Like, <laughs> Why are we in the woods? What's this medieval accent bullshit? What are we doing? Where's your web slinger? Let's go. <laughs> Something else I'm very excited for, and this one, I mean, it's like they said, hey, we want Joe Shoes to be wildly excited about this. So what could we do to get him ready? That's and, always my favorite. And Hulu said, why don't we make a movie about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's sex tape? <laughs> yes. I didn't even know that was a Hulu thing. It's a Hulu movie show? What it's going to be a, a Hulu series, I believe, okay. coming out in February. <clears throat> Lily James playing Pam Anderson, Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier, as yes. Tommy Lee. Uh, you've also got Seth Rogen in it and a couple other people. But, I mean, is that not made specifically for me? It's great. I've seen stuff. that They look great in their roles. So I, I watched the trailer, and I got to say – I, number one, I was really impressed with the um, the likenesses, the portrayals, the way they look. Yeah. Um, but also in the the brief clip that I saw, I thought Lily James added like, you know, a little bit of depth in just a little bit that I saw where she there was actual feeling to like what she was going through when they find out the tape got released. Yes. So that's something I, I'm excited to see. Do you know when that comes out? Is that a, that'll is be that in February? February. Oh my God, making us wait. Uh, but you know what's not making us wait, Gomez? What? As we speak, the part two for Masters of the Universe Revelation was released. Ooh. So as you guys are hearing this episode, it's already up on Netflix. The <laughs> final five episodes. I have not yet watched it. So this will be something I'm sure we're, we'll talk about next week and hopefully we'll be able to set something up and uh, maybe even do like a bonus so it doesn't become the whole episode or something. <laughs> Don't worry. People love to hear the He-Man talk and it's a big deal. It's this a big, big deal, deal to me 
And honestly, we watched, I mean, it feels like everyone watched something this week that kind of made me reevaluate the way I feel about He-Man. Actually made me do some in-depth thinking on myself. Oh, that's in- interesting. So Look we'll get that. we'll get to that in a little bit. Yes, I'm excited to watch this. Like I, I enjoyed that first half of He-Man because I don't come with any of that baggage. To me, it's just a story. I don't give a shit. If I just want to be entertained, and I was entertained, and I'm interested to see where they go, because I mean, Skeleton's a fucking badass right now, and I want to see uh, how he's gonna get taken down. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where they take this story, um, how they expand upon the universe. I know a lot of people were disappointed. I, and I like I said, I feel like the biggest source of the disappointment was kind of self-inflicted by Netflix for only releasing five episodes when they did. Yes. Because you need a complete story because that's always the problem. These shows, they get released uh, one a week and people are writing these these think pieces. It's like, but a series is supposed to be a whole thing. You're supposed to see it as a full story so yes netflix did no no favors to them but maybe they could write the ship with what they have in the back half here. yeah and i think that the biggest thing too is for people who maybe didn't know this was coming out you know the 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 lapsed masters of the universe fans that you know grew up and haven't really stayed attached to it or followed it like like i have and and a whole bunch of others have you know, and they see it pop up on their Netflix and they turn it on thinking they're getting a He-Man versus Skeletor story just like they remember. And that's not at all what they got. And then to make matters worse, where it leaves off is just like, what did you what did you just do to these people? So I'm very interested to see. And Netflix will never give us the numbers on, on how many people are watching or how many people like if there was a significant drop off from the part one. Yes. But I'm, I'm I, I would be really interested to see those numbers because I feel like it turned a lot of people off. Yes. I wonder how many people are even going to bother to see the whole story through. And that's that's sad because I do. I do think there's going to be uh if there was ratings, I think the ratings would be down. I, I would think so, too, if if. If the social media stuff that I've seen is any indication, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a significant drop. Most social media is not real life, but I get like it. But, he, but, but something, something like, like this, yeah, I know. I feel like that's a good. I do think that that's a good barometer that you could because use even for it. what I was noticing was people who are in like my general age group and demographic who would have grown up with He Man but not people that I see speak about He-Man, talk about He-Man, or like maybe when I post something, they go, oh, I remember that. I had it as a kid, you know. They're not in tune to what's going on with the Masters of the Universe currently. I would see them posting about it, saying, oh, they ruined my childhood, and oh, this, and oh, this show sucked. And I don't know if those people are coming back. Probably not. Probably not. Although people do like to watch things and complain about it. So, yeah, that, that is true. And and Ugh. you know what the thing too is when you open up Netflix, I would. How many times do you actually have an idea of what you're about to watch? I try to go in because if not, like yes, it doesn't work that way. I tr- always try to have a game plan because I don't trust Netflix algorithm. Nothing. I know things. It, <laughs> but unless unless I know I'm looking for something specific that you and I plan on talking about on this show. I really don't have a game plan a lot of times. So if I see like, oh, what's hot or just released or 
maybe I watched part one of He-Man, so now it'll part two will come up in the uh, continue watching portion, you know, with the new episode banner on it. You know, maybe they will stick around and go, all right, fine, let, let's see what they did this time. I agree. I See, my thing is I'm, I'm always... I'm always watching something. There's always something that comes out. Something gets pushed back. So I'm always I'm always trying to have a game plan. But there are times where I'm like, oh, I didn't, you know, oh, five, you know, six weeks of horror is over. Let me just see what's on Netflix. I haven't been paying attention. And I'll just scroll for like 40 minutes. So this is why I understand the struggle here. I always feel that top 10, there ain't a lot of shit I want to see. Like uh, this week on the top 10, Tiger King 2. Joe, you got any interest in Tiger King 2? Honestly, I don't, but... Other I, people I, seem to. I, My wife is kind of like, you want to watch this? I was like, not really. She was like, oh, okay. Like, she thought I'd be... Because we did enjoy the first one, but, but I mean... Like, that was that was it, enough for I, me. Like I, I figured I it was done. Like, I got it. Like, it's... Yeah, it's terrible a, people. There's a whole and, bunch of fuckery, and okay, like... But all our friends are talking about it. Like it's people are still. I was still into this thing. I was really surprised by that. I was really surprised by the amount of people I've seen talking about it, and people contacting me like, like, "Yo, you watch this yet?" Like as if it was a no doubter that I would be watching it. Crazy. So you know, for next week, I'll watch an episode if I like it. Oh, I don't know. You could do the same if you like, but I'll probably watch an episode. If I don't like it, I'll just tell Kelly and watch it by herself. But. You know, we do we do try to watch things together at first to see, you know, if it's going to fly. So well, I'll give it a shot, but I don't know. It's got to well, be real interesting to keep me there. Well, Gomez, this was a week where you and I both went into our streaming apps with a, a, a purpose. A yes. glorious purpose, as Loki would say. Oh, yes, baby. So on Hulu, you and I both watched, and, and this will we'll keep kind of quick. You told me to check out a couple episodes of Hit Monkey, the Marvel animated show that's uh, an adult show. Yes, so Marvel Animated Studios, they put some sh- adult content on the Hulu stream because they own that. So earlier this year, there was Modoc, which starred, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Pat uh, Oswalt. Pat Oswalt, yes. Where he plays that, he's been like writing comics. He's been involved in the character for a little while. I don't know if it was because of the show or the, that made the show happen. But uh, I watched that last uh, earlier this year, and I, it was like a robot chicken kind of animation style. Very robot chicken, from the tone to the uh, yeah. presentation. And then uh, Seth Green's actually an executive producer, so there yes. you go. So I watched like two of. Or three episodes of that, and I was not feeling it. I heard it gets a little better. I heard there's some great stuff in there, but I just I wasn't vibing with the comedy at all. I just wasn't feeling it. So I just watched one episode of that uh, this week. It was the first time I'd watched it. I had never gotten around to it. Um, it was kind of off-putting to an extent, but then like the voice cast, it, the voice cast on that show is loaded because it's not just yes. Pat Oswalt. You've got Ben Schwartz. You've got Melissa Fumero, uh, Wendy yes. Mc, uh, McClendon Covey. Like there is some like big time actors in this involved in this stupid little Modoc show. Yes, <laughs> uh, so this is like a project that they've been working on for a while. 
So, like, they kind of want this thing to work, I guess, this character. I don't know. It's uh wasn't for me. Like if I don't like it, I don't keep going. So it's, it's one right. of those shows where I don't feel like I have to watch it, but if I get kind of stuck with nothing to watch, I be I would be like, Oh, you know what? Let me go watch another episode of that or something. So then uh last week they released their newest animated series, Hit Monkey, which is about a assassin. See, I always thought this is a character I've heard about sporadically here or there. I thought the story was that the soul of the assassin goes into the monkey. So you got like the wisecracking monkey killing people. But I watched the first episode and it's kind of similar, but it, there's no, uh, the monkey ain't going to be talking and shit no, like that. No, this, this is the, the tale of a wronged Japanese snow monkey. Adorable monkey. And he is mentored by the ghost of an American assassin. Yes. As he cuts through like a wide swath of the Japanese Tokyo underworld. Because that's interesting to me that the monkey has to understand what the American guy says. So, you know, uh, I thought the episode was okay. Like, I, I'm interested. Like, it's an interesting thing. Am I going to run to finish it? Uh, probably not. No, the first episode, I hated the animation. Uh, I, I was really just, like, not into it at all. Maybe it was because the story was, like, just a whole lot of setup to get you to the point where it is the monkey hanging out with the ghost. And I don't know. I just wasn't feeling the first episode. The second episode, I felt, uh, went a lot smoother. It was a lot more cohesive and and, like, actually starting to tell a story instead of just... Okay, we have to rush through all this shit just to get you to this point. So here we are. Um, I've only watched those two episodes so far. But I'm at the point with that where kind of in the same vein as MODOK, where if I have nothing else to watch, okay, maybe I'll go back and put on another episode. 100% because I'm in the middle of uh, finishing off this season of What We Do in the Shadows. So, like, I'm, you know, I'm going to put that on next. You know, we started a Always Sunny in uh, Philadelphia rewatch. So I would put that. So like all these things are going to keep pushing this hit monkey down and down. Exactly. Before we know yeah, it, yeah, yeah. before we know it, Hawkeye comes out this week uh, with two episodes. And then uh, I think five weeks of one episode. So I, I'm going to be watching that. So all these things are going to push hit monkey down. It wasn't terrible. I think people will dig it, but you know, I got other things to watch. Yeah, I'm with you, but Gomez sticking with Hulu this week. I did watch, and this is something you told me about. I don't know if you watched it or not, but oh, what? it's an FX show also on Hulu called The New York Times Presents, and it's kind of like a news documentary type show, and each episode is a different topic, and they tell like a brief documentary. This one is called Malfunction, The Dressing Down of Janet Jackson. Oh, awesome. I did not watch that yet, but it's definitely something I'm interested in. I hadn't, hadn't even heard of it. Until someone tweeted it out saying, I don't see anyone talking about this, but this drops this week. It's really good. And I was like, oh, shit, this is interesting. And uh, I'm definitely, oh, that's awesome. I'll definitely it's watch wild it week, to then. think that now, that's 17 years ago. That was 2004. And people people probably who don't live in that time, the world changed after that. Yo, My goodness. It's I mean, so crazy. that was headline news for yes. months it was ins 
insane. And Every... if you weren't around for that, you wouldn't believe that this woman's titty caused this sh- It's insane. Every comedy show, late night show, Saturday Night Live, like anything that could find a way to make a Janet Jackson titty joke found a way to do it. And not always in hilarious fashion. Oh, I'm sure. And then the standards and practices started changing. They started cutting down. You get in trouble for the stupidest shit. It was crazy. So I'm the, definitely interested in that. The whole premise of this episode is that basically her career was ended because of this. Pretty much. You know, all of a sudden she had a brand new record at the time, which basically ceased getting airplay, dropped off the charts almost immediately. Um, she basically had to disappear. She tried going on Letterman, like way down the line after the fact, and he kept pushing the whole, like wanting to talk about the Super Bowl moment again. You know, she tried multiple times to like, hey, you know, like I'm really trying to get past this, and he's like, oh well, I don't want to get past it, and these people don't want to get past it. You know, it was very reminiscent to me of the Britney Spears documentaries where they have this young girl and they wouldn't stop talking about if if she had a boob job or not. Yes. It was kind of uncomfortable at the same time. Uh, basically, the way all the blame for what happened was shifted onto Janet as if Justin Timberlake wasn't there or a part of it. 100%. Because the record companies and whoever else had so much money invested in Justin Timberlake. And that year at the Grammys was like his year to be like the new breakout star. His singles, uh, his solo uh, debut was like the thing at the time. So they were not about to uh, blackball Justin Timberlake at that moment. Hell no. Interesting. Awesome. I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, Real fast, another music documentary, Joe. Uh, remember we watched the Woodstock 94 documentary. 99. That 99, I'm sorry. Woodstock 99 documentary. Uh, that was part of uh, Music Box, some kind of bullshit uh, documentary series Documentary series on HBO. On HBO, yeah. Yeah, so they're starting to drop their episodes. Every Thursday night it comes out. Uh, they did one on Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill, something about that. I don't know the details of oh, it. Oh, is it all about Dave Coulier? Uh, it might be. It might be. <laughs> Cut they have, it out. They have, I think, three or four other documentaries coming out. There's one about DMX, uh, and I forget the other two. But uh, that's something if people are interested. That, uh, and if you're interested, we could uh, check out again. Yeah, uh, that does sound pretty interesting. I, I would like to see in a lot because I feel like she came out of nowhere, and this was what like ninety four, ninety five ish when Jagged Little Pill dropped. Um, And all of a sudden, within, like, minutes, she was, like, the biggest thing in music. Huge. It was insane. Hold on here. So, let's see. So, Music Box, there's Jagged. It's about uh, an in-depth interview with Alanis about Jagged Little Pill. Then there's DMX. So, that's this week, Thanksgiving. You get to watch a documentary about DMX. Oh, there's a Kenny G documentary which is interesting because i don't know if you know like kenny g's like he's awesome he comes on uh radio shows he's he he's in on the joke like he understands that like you know i play the saxophone yeah, yeah, i'm yeah, making yeah. this like he knows what it's about so he he has fun with it so i'm I mean, I'm interested to see about that and then there's uh 
Saturday Night Fever documentary and Juice World about uh oh that's awesome that rapper rapper who died so that's cool so we'll check that out from time to time because the the Woodstock one was was pretty damn great uh, even though I didn't agree with the the hatchet job they did on new metal I'll never forgive them for that okay that's unacceptable but I will you watch fucking these other jackals ones. you leave Fred Durst alone. He ain't do shit, bro. There's a bunch of jerk-offs in the crowd. Yeah, Fred Durst could be a jerk-off too, but that doesn't matter. Get out of here. Anyway, so yes, we'll have to check that out. Music Box, HBO, HBO Max. Something to uh, talk about coming soon. We watched a ton of shit this week, didn't we? Oh, I mean, I I only have two more things we're going to talk about, right? The two big things, I would say. The two big things, that's it. But I mean, yes. like between all the Marvel shows we checked out and everything oh, going on, I feel like I we, watch a lot of st- I watch a lot of stuff. We really time. put in the work for this episode. <laughs> Oof, that couch was getting a big workout this week. So I, I say we go with what we talked about last week. The, yes, the recut Rocky Four colon yes. Rocky V Drago colon slash hashtag movie film. Yes, this is available on Amazon. You can rent it. It had a one-night phantom event. Uh, it's Sylvester Stallone's version of Rocky Four. He didn't like certain things about the movie. He's always had problems with it. And so during quarantine, he decided to recut it. And uh, you have to kind of help me out with some of the... Di- I know some differences. But- there were some things where it just felt different. I mean, there were some. There was a couple things that were noticeable, but then some things just like felt a little off to me. Um, he now, I, I think we need to say he removed forty minutes of the original movie and basically replaced it with like forty-two minutes, or yeah, vice so it's versa. Like crazy, like so, it's very crazy to think about. Yeah, so the runtime is actually just about the same. Yes, it's a little under two hours, and uh, I have to say, I haven't seen. I don't know. See. I haven't watched Rocky Rocky IV in a while. So I haven't seen it in a while. I love Rocky IV. So I watched this movie, and I fucking loved every second of this movie. And I don't know if it's because it's this new cut, if it's just because Rocky IV is so good. But, like, I was very into this this viewing of Rocky IV. I was hoping to, like, watch and do other things, and I couldn't. I was, like, too into the movie that I just watched the movie for two hours. See, now, Rocky IV is my favorite Rocky. Rocky 3 is my favorite Rocky, but I do love Rocky 4. Rocky 4 was like, it was one of those movies that was just on uh, broadcast TV all the time, like when I was a 100%. kid. 100%. So, all the Rockies. Like, I felt 4 more than anything. Like, I feel like I've seen 4 by far the most out of any of the Rockies. I do agree. I also feel Rocky 5 is also, was also on a lot. That's possible. But Rocky Four is like such a, a part of me. No, I haven't watched it in a long time. But like some of the differences obvious that were obvious from the beginning was number one, the robot Seiko is cut out. Paulie's robot. Which is fucking which bullshit. Is bullshit. Unacceptable. Okay? That was the number one thing that was talked about because he said it from the start. One of the things he hated the most was the robot. He said it dated the movie. Like, what do you... Everything dates the movie, bro. Uh, it dated the movie. The, the whole U.S. And... versus Russia in the Cold War doesn't date the movie? Like, everything, bro. So, like, he just hated everything about the robot. But the robot makes sense. The robot is fun. Kids love robots. 
Everyone loves robots. So, Why so would you do this? To here's us? the thing: in Rocky Three, if he goes to recut that, is he gonna take out the fucking Rocky pinball machine because that'll date that movie? <laughs> Unacceptable. We love you, Sly, but you fucked up. Robots are awesome. Robots bro. are the fucking best. Like, come on, man. Unacceptable. So we still gave it a shot, though. I'm very happy that we knew this going in, but we still said. We owe it to us, ourselves to check this out. Uh, other differences: the Drago Apollo fight's a little a little different. It yes. shows Apollo as more of a not necessarily a threat to Drago because he still gets his fucking ass kicked and killed at the end of it. But, but he's it's not a straight squash. He gets he gets some heat in there. Yeah, so he he does get a little bit more shine than he does in the original. There you go. Yes, hundred percent. When Rocky is leaving for Russia, Adrian, they have a little talk. I thought that was very, it was different. It changed the whole vibe of uh, him leaving. I thought that was good. Uh, the the biggest thing I really noticed, because there was a bunch of things I was like, ooh, that feels different, but I don't know if it's just me overthinking it. There were a couple things like that. But the biggest thing I did notice is at the end of the movie when he's given his speech after the fight. Uh, in the original, like you get like the Russian leaders will like stand up and clap for him for giving his speech. That didn't happen this time. They all just walk out like dejectedly. And the way it should be. <laughs> yeah. And they they left out the whole thing about I noticed some changes about the way you people feel about me and the way I feel about you. Cause if you could change and I can change, we all could change. That like that wasn't there. So I must have been disappointed for you. I was, I was like, wait, wait a minute. Like, that speech and that fight single-handedly saved a dying sport and ended the Cold War between two of the Earth's superpowers. It's a pretty important fight. It. I would say it is the most important fight in the history of boxing. Like the actual sport of boxing, no fight has been more important than Rocky versus Ivan Drago. I see no lies. And I even put a poll out on my Twitter at the Joe Shoes this week, and I said, is Rocky and Drago the most important boxing match in history? And overwhelmingly, the answer was yes. I can't believe it wasn't 100%. I'm shocked. It wasn't because I think there were people like, you know this is fake, right? And I'm like, okay, but... This meant a lot. Like, boxing, like, if Rocky never existed, boxing might have died. Like, it's never going to die. Like, it's always going to be around. But Rocky brought the sport of boxing into prominence. It made people want to start boxing again. You know, it brought the level of interest in the sport up tenfold. Fuck out of here. These losers. This is important. Doesn't matter. So now you said you were hooked on this movie every little bit of it you were into by the time we finished up with this i kind of was like i feel like i'm missing something oh no yeah (laughs) so why don't you hit some music and let's give it a great Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? Are you a man? All right, Joe. 
winners. Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago, the director's cut, fall on your main man standings. So, you know when you go to a restaurant like you've been to a hundred times and, and you have the right. same dish oh, no. and it's always like, like yo, yo, I love the chicken parm at this place. Oh, no. And every time you have the chicken parm, it's fucking killer. And it's comforting. It's relaxing. You know what you're getting. You know what it feels like. And you know you're going to have that satisfied feeling at the end. And then one time you go and you're so excited for that chicken parm and just something is off. That's what this movie felt like. Oh, man. I still liked it because it's it's still Rocky Four. No, I get it. It's your movie. So you you get that. Like I said, when I start, I I couldn't tell the difference. Like I like one or two things, yes. But for the most part, I was just into the movie and like, yeah, all right, bro. And so but I get I get that, you know, this is your movie. You've seen it a a gabillion times and that you could tell that something was off. Oh, that's upsetting, bro. It just felt like something was off. It didn't make me hate the movie or anything like no, that. No, of course I did yes, I don't I get what But you're because saying. of that it just it took away my level of satisfaction at the end. So when I'm leaving the restaurant, I'm going, yeah, it was good, but. So I'm I'm giving this a very underwhelming triple main man. Oh man, oh, I get it though. I'm going I'm going for quadruple because uh, I still enjoyed it. I I I felt the movie had the same impact on me. Like I said, maybe I was even more amped up, but that could just be because it's been a while and fucking that music starts hitting and rock. Come on, it's just great. Um, so I enjoyed it. I wonder how this will, like, how this movie will enter our, you know, our thing here. Will is this a movie that will be on TV once I in a while? I was thinking about like, that myself this, now. You know, like, you know, like will every Rocky time Ford there's a disappear? national holiday, you you know, you look at your TV, you give it the ice grill of the century, and you go. Okay, 4th of July, what channel are you hiding the Rocky Marathon on today? And, yeah. like, is that is this going to be the version that we get from now on? I wonder if Rocky Four will be erased because this is Sylvester Stallone's version. You know, this like when, when George Lucas there. did the special yes. edition cuts and everything. You people think it sounds silly, but think about that with Star Wars. You do not have those old... Episodes four, five, six. It yeah, does I not think exist. Those original theatrical cuts only exist in like the earliest forms of VHS, VHS, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. So you know, it sounds silly, but I mean, it's possible. So I wonder, because it's, it, it's the movie's the same runtime, so it's not like this messes up anything. It's the same shit, and they've added, you know, Rocky Balboa. They've added Creed to these marathons, so like, it counts. So I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens the next couple years. Yeah, definitely something to think about. We watched one other major thing this week, Joe. Yeah, and once again, we go back to the 80s. Because fucking nostalgia. We both went to the movies and saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. Don't you mean Ghostbusters The Force Awakens? <laughs> Joe, it is a perfect description to the movie, I will say. Um, I I just want to say that I I feel that like I love Ghostbusters. You know, I watch the movie all the time. Ghostbusters two is less the best. I had all the toys. 
I didn't have the play sets. I never really had play sets. I had wrestling rings and, you know, Megazords. I never really had play sets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I would go to my friends or my cousins and we would go down the slide. I watched both cartoons that I loved. Like, I loved Ghostbusters. But then I go online. Yeah. And I go, maybe I don't love Ghostbusters because. Like there are people out there who love Ghostbusters. Like yeah, and, and like, those people, Gomez, are very mad at me right now. And I get, I, yeah, I see that because it's just this thing where Ghostbusters were really important. We're all the same age, but Ghostbusters was really important to certain people, and whatever that's your thing. But I always thought I was a big Ghostbusters guy, but I'm not because when that Lady Ghostbuster movie come uh, came out, I was like, "All right, I'll see this. I have no problem with this." Yeah, the movie was okay. I remember it being, you know, it was a not bad the best, script. But both you and I not- said, if you go back into the archives and listen to our episode that we did five years ago for that movie, both of us said I would like to see what they do I with the sequel, sequel now yes. that they have this fleshed out. Yes, once they got, you know, they're getting into it. And uh, I've actually been wanting to rewatch it. I'll probably rewatch it this weekend. But, uh, like, apparently, though, this was the worst movie ever made. Um, technically, that movie doesn't exist in the universe. This Correct. has been called Ghostbusters 3, officially, which is just so wild, disrespectful. Especially when they did all these cameos. Like, they did everything to make sure that it was a Ghostbuster movie. It's just crazy to me. So, these people now are very excited for this Ghostbusters 3. I was like, alright, it's a Ghostbuster movie. Of course I'm going to see it. And, uh... Force Awakens is a great way to describe it. It's, let's, let's do these familiar beats that you know and love... And, you know, you're going to eat it up. And I do enjoy The Force Awakens. I think the beginning is better than the end because it's, like, interesting because you have new characters, but then it just turned into Star Wars, episode 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. And uh, it happened with this Ghostbusters movie because I didn't. I walked out of the theater. I didn't hate the movie. I was like, oh, that was good. Then I started talking about it. And now I'm like, oh, was it good? I kind of didn't like this, I hated this, it. this, that. And so I figured you hated it. <laughs> I figured that. And I get why you would hate it, though. I totally, I get that. But for me, there was things I liked. First of all, here's one thing. Um, I think people forget that, like, Ghostbusters is like a comedy movie that has ghosts and shit in it. Yes. And so, like, people think it's like, no, it's this action movie that has jokes. No, it's a fucking comedy with fucking Bill Murray and all these people. See, but the thing is, like, yeah, it's like some of the great comedic minds of the time between, I mean, Ramis, Aykroyd, and Murray, like, in one shot. Like, Emma Rannis at that time, too. Yeah. Like, but I never really think of Ghostbusters as a comedy. Sure. Like, so when when people say, like, I kind of look at it as a... A goofy sci-fi movie. I think also that is because maybe we saw the movie as a kid and a lot of the jokes were over our head. That's very possible. Because, I mean, this guy's getting his dick sucked by a ghost. I mean, I don't know if everyone understood that when they were five (laughs) years old. Probably not. So, you know, I think that's what happens. 
because this movie here, this Afterlife movie, is not a comedy at all. It's like a, a Steven Spielberg. It like tries to be this adventure. very deep and meaningful, meaningful story about uh, the the man who walked out on his family and didn't give a shit and everyone trying to get on in his wake and still blaming him for all their misdeeds and misfortunes, even though they had plenty of opportunity to get their own life together and chose not to, you know, so the, obviously the whole story, Harold Ramis died a couple years ago, more than a couple years ago now, but the story, yeah, I thought this, it was <laughs> the story of this is, is his daughter. His daughter has two kids. She's a single mom. She apparently knows nothing about her kids because they just run around without any supervision whatsoever. They do a bunch of shit that she has no idea about or no responsibility over. She has absolutely no money, cannot pay rent. I'm shocked they could even eat or clothe uh, these children. And after the death of her father, who she hasn't seen in years, she thinks she's going to finally inherit what she believes to be a fortune. And then she'll be able to afford to pay the light bill only to find out that, uh, her father died without a dime to his name, and all that she ends up with is this rickety old house that she still cannot pay any money on, but apparently out in this town in Oklahoma, they don't care because no one pays any attention to this podunk town in Oklahoma. Yeah, it is. Um, people describe the movie as like Stranger Things-esque, like very Stranger Things vibe, definitely get that. Uh, because there's kids are uh, the forefront of the movie. Uh, I loved uh, the girl, the little girl actress. I thought she did a great job. I think I was, she did do a great job. And I, I thought, think that that helps my uh, enjoyment of the movie because she's the main character, mm-hmm. essentially. And so she's on it a lot, and I thought she fucking killed it. I think, first of all, I got to say, this story sucked. This was such a poorly constructed story. Almost there is every, no story. There, there is, is no, no story. story. Every interpersonal relationship that is in this story is so fucking bullshit, is so fucking, like, nothing is established, nothing is held together. The only relationship that is even somewhat built is between the girl Phoebe and her little friend from school named Podcast. And do you get it? His name is Podcast because he has a podcast. And if you have a podcast, you make sure everybody knows you have a podcast. So that's why they call you Podcast. People who write movies just still don't understand what podcasts are and how they work. There's a character in the Chucky series, which is fantastic, on Sci-Fi in USA, and uh, who does a podcast. And the way they incorporate it in the show is like, but that's not how podcasts work. But okay, guys, keep writing these things. But every other relationship in this movie is not at all established. And then... Like, number one, I can't even tell you who the actress was who plays the mom, a.k.a. Egon's daughter. Like, I cannot tell you who this is. And honestly, I don't think we'll probably ever see her again. Um, they they have Paul Rudd in this movie. Now, Paul Rudd just got named fucking sexiest man alive. Did he not? Yes, deservingly so. At this point, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd excuse me, is a fucking A-lister. 
Yeah? Yes, he is. You agree with that? Of course. Yes. Why the, the fuck was he in this movie? Because he didn't do a goddamn fucking thing. You know what this was like? It was like going to a fucking indie wrestling show and you look around and it's in a fucking gymnasium and there's no air conditioning and the fucking water is $8 and all of a sudden you look around and you see Jimmy Snooker come out and you go, wow, this sucks for Jimmy Snooker that this is what he has uh, <laughs> resort like this is what he's resorted to now. To fucking pay bills That's what this fucking feels like Like oh my god Paul Rudd What went wrong That you had to do This fucking movie Because it's not even His movie He's not even Fucking in this movie He's like a fucking Secondary Tertiary he's character Rick, He's Rick Moranis He's he, the Rick Moranis He's literally exactly. Just here Because they needed To put a name On a poster He's the Rick Moranis He's the side character Who then uh, You know is involved in the ending of the movie in the same exact ending of the movie that we've seen before a thousand and times. Is it just me or listen, I understand that 1984 at this point is almost 40 years ago. So you're talking about two generations, really it's a long but time ago. Yes. We did have the ability to record news and data in 1984. So how is it that, these kids in the internet age, very online people, the one kid's walking around with his fucking phone nonstop. Phoebe is a smart girl who's like into science and all this shit. And they have no fucking idea that their grandfather was one of the great Ghostbusters who saved New York from Gozer. <laughs> so like I, they I don't, don't teach this <laughs> in school. They don't, don't teach you that fucking new... We hear That's... about 9-11 every fucking day, but they don't teach you about the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man coming over to take the city? Now that's... See, I go both ways with it because I'm like, I get... Because if you talk to young kids, bro, they don't know fucking shit about anything that happened. They don't give a shit. It's like they have all this information and data in front of them, but they only care about what's happening right this second. Boom, boom, boom. So it's just that's how it is. So I get that, but at the same time, I think the destruction of New York City by a giant marshmallow would be something no one ever forgets. It would be something that is a constant thing. I understand they say what well, there was no more ghosts. They have no ghosts ever since I guess Ghostbusters two. If they acknowledge in Ghostbusters two, yeah. Uh, after that, there was no more ghosts. So that's what they say. Uh, you know, but still, I think you would you would teach it. I can't imagine. So the first two acts of this movie is basically like this girl stumbling upon her family history. These two kids exploring this dirt farm property in Oklahoma where one finds a uh, Ecto-1 sitting in a shed and just starts working on it without his mom knowing anything about it. I know. <laughs> the girl goes exploring a different shed and finds a whole science lab that she starts working on shit and rebuilding proton packs and other equipment once again without her mother knowing anything about it because she's the goddamn worst mother ever. Also, while this is all going on, they have the one thing that they have firmly established in this film is that Egon Spengler is the world's biggest piece of shit. No, bro, he was doing the right thing. He was keeping the ghost away. What you whatever. thought was your hero that you grew up with, the smart <laughs> oh, one, the one who kept everything together, well, you're a fucking buffoon for thinking that because Egon Spengler 
is a fucking piece of shit. And how dare anyone think of him as just some ghostbuster that saved thousands of lives throughout New York City because he walked out on that little girl and didn't even hang a picture of her in his farm. Oh, man. Um... (laughs) Feel free to tell me I'm wrong if you disagree, Gomez. No, I get it. Listen, I get it. So we're gonna I'm gonna get into some spoilery stuff here for anyone who hasn't seen the movie. We're gonna we're gonna start getting into the, the end end of the movie here. The third act, I mean I'll say so when when I first walked out of the theater, one of the first things I said I was like it was kinda of boring, like not a lot happened until like all of a sudden it just happened. And so not a lot is happening in the first two acts. It's a lot of you know, solving this mystery slowly, piecing things together, whatever nonsense. And then just the ghosts start coming out, and here we go in the third act. Yes. And this is when it turns into just, I heard you boys like nostalgia. Yeah, and that it becomes just, I, I compared it. So now, like, all these people I know who are, like, and don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm the world's biggest Ghostbusters fan. But, I mean, it was part of my childhood. I grew up I with it. I thought I was. I watched the cartoon. I love the movie. I've seen those movies a billion times. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm, I'm definitely a fan. Okay, I'm not a super fan, but I'm definitely a fan. I definitely was excited to go see this movie. Yes. You know, but, like, there's fan service. And whenever you reboot something, there's going to be some element of fan service, right? I mean, that's fair. Oh. Yes. And with this, I, I really felt like it was The Force Awakens because it was just, okay, now it's time to give you everything you already know because that's what you like. So that's what we're going to give you. So yes. in the third act, we finally get something happening. All of a sudden, we get basically the shot-by-shot remake of the Terror Dogs and um, Rick Moranis and Sigourney Weaver, ter- you know, about to mate yep. because and then Gozer comes down. So we get the shot by shot remake. And now we get to the big final fight where it looks like they they're, you know, the the kids can't handle this and they're about to get fucked up. And I got to tell you Gomez at this point, this was one of the most anticlimactic reveals of all time where the original three remaining Ghostbusters just kind of walk out of the fucking cornfield as if they're fucking shoeless Joe Jackson. And, are, <laughs> and they're just like, oh, and Bill Murray's half asleep. I think he still thinks he's doing Garfield at this point. I thought it was the saddest thing. I thought it was so sad to see these old men in this in this outfit. I was like, oh, boy, this is it like, was, and I'm sure everyone was like, yeah. Woo, I gotta, I'll Bill be Ma- honest. In my theater, it was more confusion. There was no audible pop for it. I was next to some ghost bros, I think. So they were they were like, Woo, yeah. Oh, in my theater, and I will say I went to like an early showing, so it wasn't like a packed house, but there was no hooting and hollering and it was opening day, you know, and usually for that you're getting the most diehard people out, the most excited people. But like all of a sudden they just walk out and he's doing the Garfield voice and everyone's like, Oh, this is it. But then there's another big reveal, Joe. <laughs> so so here's the thing I get that it's made by the sun 
If the son is okay with it, who who are we to have a problem with it? Well, it's not it, number one. It's it's not made by his son. It's made by the director's son. Sure. It's Jason Reitman. I, Ivan Reitman yes. directed the original. Yes. Yes. You know, and I so, I I, I, you know I mean? get like, it. Harold yeah. Ramis's family obviously signed yes. off on this. And so it's like, who are we to to question? But I'm like, ooh, this fucking dead guy is a real ghost on here. And it's just like, all right, like I get it. I understand they're setting it up in the whole thing, but it's just like, oh, you know, I wasn't vibing with it. But no. again, online, everyone's like, oh my God, it was the best. I was fucking crying. I, I would, know Kellyanne was crying. And that was that. the thing. Everyone's like now mad at me. Like, oh, this was the most perfect sequel I've ever seen. It's probably the most perfect movie experience I could have ever had. If you didn't shed a tear, then there's something wrong with you. I can't believe you didn't like this movie. How could you not like this movie? Do you even have a soul? Like, and it's like, I'm sorry. But, and this is what I mean when I said earlier that this movie made me question how I feel about He-Man. Because with He-Man being the biggest fandom I have, am I, like, so blinded? Am I such a mark for the property that I will willingly allow them to feed me a shit sandwich? And just be happy with it and think it's great because the amount of people that I saw put, oh my God, I, this is the movie I've been waiting 30 years for. Then I got to tell you something, my man, your life sucks. If this was what you waited 30 years for, then you have a sad, sad life. And I'm sorry that this was what you got after 30 years. Listen, I'm not saying this movie shouldn't have been made. I'm not saying that movies can't just be fun and silly and sometimes stupid as long as they're entertaining. I'm not saying that at all because I enjoy all of those things. What I am saying that if this is the best we can do with this property, if this was the best version of this movie that we could have made, then it shouldn't have been made. I'm waiting for the sequel that changes things up like uh, The Last Jedi did, and then which just completely breaks everyone's brain and just can't comprehend that it's okay to move on and try new stuff because like, if they make a sequel, obviously uh, they've, they've done their thing. What, are we going to get another Vigo? We're going to get Vigo or Slime again? Like, What are we doing? So I, I'm interested I, to see what happens with this with this franchise. I mean, obviously a sequel is coming. I don't know. It, it made some to. money, but it did, it's not like I, you know. It, you know, it didn't it, make that much money. You're right. It, it, made, did, it didn't make made, that much, but at the same time, what they I guess learned from the uh, 2016 Ghostbusters answer the call. That movie exists. Um, that had a really, really sky-high budget, and this one did not. Yes. So this movie will end up being very profitable at the end of the day. Um, and it's, you know, I get it. They have to be able to sell you an excuse to continue buying action figures of the same things that you've been buying for the past 30 years. And I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm still buying the same fucking He-Man toys that I bought 35 years ago. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with... You know, them tugging at the nostalgia. But I'm saying as a as a standalone movie, this could have and should have been a lot better. 
I have a question for you, Joe. Um, in the eight, the 80s, when a giant marshmallow that is your logo, when you sell marshmallows, aren't you changing that logo? Um, Stay Puff still have this marshmallow man as their mascot? I mean, at that point, I guess it's just the best advertising, right? There's no such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> Goodness, uh, I'm gonna hit some music Hold here, on. Joe. Can oh I tell, no! I just want to. I want to get the. Can I tell you my favorite part of this movie? Sure, of course, I want to hear that. My favorite part of this movie, the end credits, is when Paul Rudd does his cameo that he has, and he goes shopping at Walmart and stands in front of a stands in front of a freezer of Baskin Robbins ice cream, which That's is good. a callback to a fucking Marvel movie. <laughs> because Baskin Robbins always finds out. <laughs> oh goodness! Well, at least you like something. Did you stay for the post-credit stuff? I... <sighs> so I got up because now at this point I'm just fucking excited. The movie's over. That's what uh, I thought your favorite was going to be the end credits. And and I go. Because I, in my head, the end credits thing has become the Marvel thing. Like, at this point, like, everybody stop. Not every movie needs to have a post-credit scene or every a mid-credit scene. Every fucking movie, bro. Like, and I'm, I'm like, you know what? This movie was so fucking bad and is so full of its own shit that I guarantee there's got to be a fucking credit scene. And sure as shit, there's not one, there's fucking two. I did not stay for the second. I know what it is, but after the first one, I just left. The first one is so fucking worthless. They usually are. That's the trick. Those Marvel things that we stay for, I usually leave after the first one. Yeah, because like you don't need to see them sitting around eating shawarma and not saying a word. Like, it's great, but you sat there for 10 minutes... You know, and you're not paying attention to the film crew if you're no, giving you're your respects No, you're catching up on all to... the notifications on your phone. <laughs> you're, look, you're looking at your phone, so you're not being respectful to the film credits, whatever, so it doesn't matter. But you sat there for 10 minutes to get a 30-second bit that usually doesn't even mean anything in the next Marvel movie. And so at that point, I stay for the one that's like, because the credits are usually cool looking. The first credits, you know, they usually got some graphic before they're mm-hmm, just a mm-hmm. scroll. And so I watch the mid credit, and then I go home. And I go on Google and I go, hey, what was the post credit scene? And then I can see it. And there you go. The Peter Vankman and Dana. Uh, what? Such a. Like, there literally no reason for it. No reason. But hey, I was like, oh, that's cute. Because uh, they had that up. We never even mentioned the girl did the. Because uh, they did the. It wasn't just the dogs. They had uh, Olivia. Was Olivia Wilde? Was. Uh, the uh, the bad girl Gozer, Goz- the Gazarian, the Gazarian, uh, looking for the keymaster. Yes, and uh, they did same exact. Thing. I was just like, I, I couldn't believe it, because but I think we knew that the dogs were in the movie, right? Because like I don't watch trailers. I never seen a Ghostbuster trailer. Had uh, no I idea. I didn't actually. I mean, I guess I could have assumed, but I didn't. I think know. there were toys. I think there was toys or something. I think I saw somewhere that they were using the dogs, maybe. Well, there's a, I know we saw the little marshmallows everywhere. Yes, the little marshmallows definitely. There's actually a two pack of action figures of the girl Phoebe with Ghost Egon. Yeah, bro, I saw it. <laughs> the family that bust together. Yeah, that's what it's called. 
Bustin' makes me feel good. You know. Fucking oh. unbelievable. They didn't even do a new version of the song, right? No. Last time, last time we got Fallout Boy, bro. Bringing That's the heat right. for the Ghostbuster right. theme song. Yeah. With Missy Elliott and maybe someone else. I don't remember. But this, we just got the old one. And now they play it on the pop station. Unbelievable. I'm going to hit that music now. All right, bro. Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? Are you a man? All right, bro. We double we double time in the main man standings this week. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters 3. Unbelievable. What do you think, Joe? What, what are we giving this thing? This might this is probably the most disappointing movie you'll see all year. Listen, I am I get it. If you love Ghostbusters, you want to love it. I get it cuz I know what it's like to to have a deep connection to something and and you just want to love everything about it but if you're if you're really being honest with yourself if you're really being honest with yourself this was not a good movie it was not even remotely good movie it was horrible and I'm sorry. I'm sorry I have to be the one to tell you. I'm sorry I got to be the bad guy here. Because you people can't handle the truth that the movie you spent three decades waiting for was absolute dog shit. I'm sorry that your standards are so low that you would accept this fucking dreck in your life. But, Gomez, do you know something? It was still better than Snake Eyes. Whoa! <laughs> Swerve! <laughs> it was still better than Snake Eyes because I love G.I. Joe. But I am objective enough to know when something is bad. Snake Eyes was a lot worse than just bad. So this movie, I don't even remember what I gave Snake Eyes. I'm sure it was in the negatives. But Ghostbusters, The Force Awakens, single and a half main man, one and a half stars. Wow, that's that's got to be one of the lowest uh, things we've ever had on the show there. Wow. I, I, this is not a good movie. So I left the theater thinking it was like a three. And then as I was talking about it, and I'm like, oh, it was kind of boring, right? Like nothing really happened, and then this, and then that. So I'm going to go drop it down. We're going to go two and a half main men. You know, it's not the worst thing, as some people have said. But I ain't loving it. And I ain't on the nostalgia train like some of the people are. And that's if that's what you want to do, if you need to be constantly reminded of your childhood because life is bad, I get it. But my goodness, that's not for me. So two and a half main men. Enjoy your Ghostbusters. Ah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I got to be honest with you because there are so many people that I know who all like and people I haven't spoken to in years who saw what I wrote on social media. And all of a sudden I'm getting text messages out of the blue with people trying to convince me why it was a good movie. And then people saying, 
oh, well, I like fan service. And I'm like, well, if you really want fan service, there's this movie from 1984 called Ghostbusters. That'll give you all the fan service you need because it's actually what you remember loving. I just don't get that. The fan, like, you're supposed to drop one or two things and then go do your own thing. You're not supposed to do the whole movie and then I guess we'll do something different for this. Like, I just don't get that. Like, how ghost, like, the lady Ghostbusters... They drop little hints here and there, and even the post-credit scene was setting up this thing. I'm sure they would have did the dogs and everything, but that's okay. As long as you do something and then you weave it into your own thing, that's okay. But uh, some people don't like it that way. There some was people someone want it in your face. Yeah, there was someone who wrote to me. He's like. I don't know, man. I love the nostalgia. I love the callbacks. I love getting to see the original. And I go, you just explained why this was not a good movie. Yeah, watch the original. That's the thing. If, if, that's, all you're, out, if that's all you're tuning in for, just watch the original. I agree with that. That's why when people complain about remakes, the original's still there, bro. You don't have to watch the remake. Joe was never going to watch The Karate Kid. That's awesome with Jaden Smith. Until we made him because we love making him do things. That's true. Like, I had no interest. I, I love the Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Shit. Yeah. Is that, that was like my, you know, I wanted to be the Karate Kid. You know, like, you see this kid doing karate, getting the girl. Like, it's fucking awesome. That's it. Um, I had no interest in watching that Jaden Smith one. If I want to watch the Karate Kid, guess what? I'm going to watch the Karate Kid that I already know and love. Yeah. And... If it wasn't for the people who listen to this show voting for me to actually have to watch The Karate Kid, I still wouldn't have seen it. That's right. Thank you, guys. But even (laughs) with this He-Man Netflix show, I had plenty of complaints about it. It wasn't perfect. I liked it enough, and I feel like they did a good job with expanding upon the content that already existed without insulting it, but it wasn't perfect. No. It was still... But it wasn't, like, in your face... To the point where it's like, hey guys, you know, you know what we're doing here, right? This is that He-Man, hey. <laughs> oh man. Well, before we get out of here, Joe, we mentioned making you watch things that you wouldn't normally watch. Oh, here we go. What do we got? Next week is the start of December. It's Christmas season, Joe. It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. And because the fans just had so much fun with six weeks of horror. And yes, you, they and, did. <laughs> so we're going to do something like that for December. There's five weeks in December. So we're going to do five weeks of holiday movies, Joe. And what are we calling it, Gomez? Five weeks. Hold on, let me take a drink of water. We're calling it five weeks. Of slaying and slaying. hi Hey. <laughs> you know oh. it's going to be great because it has a name. It has a cool and catchy name. Slaying like Santa Slay and then slaying like I will strike you down with the broad tip of my sword. Yes, Kellyanne came up with that. We were brainstorming. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you, Kellyanne. It was great. It's a great one. So we mentioned... Watching some holiday movies, but we're gonna add a little twist to it. We're gonna watch a regular ish holiday movie, but we're going to pair it with a similar horror movie. Ooh. 
yes, we're going to start next week, our first one. You guys have suggested it. We even got a mention from the writer of the movie. We're going <laughs> to check out Jack Frost. And we're going to then also watch Jack Frost. We're going <laughs> to double dose a double dose of snowmen that come to life. One is bringing love. The other one is bringing death. It's wonderful. I cannot wait, Joe. <laughs> okay, so we got Jack Frost, the horror movie, and Jack Frost, the lovable Michael Keaton movie, correct? Yes, I believe both of these are on streaming services. I think Tubi for one and HBO or something. I'll let people know that so that they can watch if they want to play along at home. And uh, we have a whole schedule for the month. That I think it's going to be a good time, Joe. I am actually excited for this. So look for that. I don't even know if there's anything else coming out. I guess we'll talk about He-Man next yeah, week. We, we will next week. I'll have a little He-Man update for you. Depending on how strong my feelings are, I, like I said, maybe uh, we'll do something as a, a little bonus episode. That's that way it doesn't take over the entire show because I know that I am like like I like people with the Ghostbusters. When you feel a certain closeness to something. You want to defend it. You want to you want to shield it from any negative things. I don't think I do that, but I do think I will get very expansive in my comments, and it doesn't need to take over the whole show. We'll see about that. But uh, before we get out of here, I'm gonna play some music, Joe. Hit it, Rockapella! It is now time for the big finish. We got a big finish. We're going to end how we started. We're going to do a big finish on Thanksgiving here, Joe. Oh, man. I just want to know your top three Thanksgiving dishes. Anything could be a side dish, the main dish, whatever you want to talk about. What do you love about Thanksgiving putting in your belly? Here we go. Very, very easy for me. Number one is my mom's stuffing. My mom makes mm. this cheese and ragot stuffing. Sounds it's, great. It's dynamite. That's that's on my list. The next one, mashed potatoes. Fucking love I mashed love potatoes, mashed bro. potatoes. It's it's the best. If I don't have them, someone's getting their ass kicked. Oh and, yes, we fight. We make sure there's extra potatoes, bro. I save the best for last. One what cat. is the best? On Thanksgiving, Gomez, gravy. Oh, gravy. Gravy. Because no matter what is in your plate on Thanksgiving, it can have gravy on it. (laughs) I will make whatever is in my plate, whether there's meat, cheese, stuffing, corn, anything. Gravy goes on everything. 100%. Nana stuffing, definitely on my list there. Um, I love mashed potatoes, but I'm going to do mashed potatoes with the biscuit and gravy. I just scoop it all up there. Mmm, my goodness. And what else? I got to go. What kind of dessert? Because I'm a dessert guy. I have to have a dessert here. Mm-hmm. I know you're not crazy about pies. I love a nice apple pie, an apple crumble. Mm. I've grown not- to love in the past couple of years a nice slice of pecan pie. 
Ooh, I like it, like the sweetness, but I'm not big on pecans. It very, know, very, very nuts. sweet, but like I'm almost, you know, nice, a nice little piece, just a sliver. You know, I don't need a, like a giant piece. I love a good pudding pie. Maybe and I'll that, do that was gonna be that's a, a, a shoes family classic yes. must have chocolate pudding pie. Gotta have yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's gonna be there for number three. Bing bam boom. Stuffing mashed potato biscuits gravy combo. And some pies. Specifically pudding pie. Yum yum yum. Joe, that's this week's episode of the Carl Jones Podcast, baby. Thank you guys so very much for listening and subscribing. Listen, we really appreciate it, and it's nice to see the feedback come in every week, um, showing that you guys listen and you guys give a shit. Uh, it really does. It really does mean a lot. So please continue to listen to the show. Please continue subscribing. Tell your friends. Follow us on all the social medias at Card Jomez. You can follow me specifically at the Joe Shoes, the Gomez One Five Four Instagram and Twitter, and we'll be back next week. With the debut of Slaying and Slaying. Can't wait. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving, guys. I hope you had a good one. Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. Peace. One, two, three.